You're listening to the Digital Dive Media Podcast, a curation of digital marketing industry news, trends, and other insights designed to keep communication professionals informed. Today's episode is brought to you by Brand Method Media Group. Welcome to another episode of Digital Dive Media Podcast. Today, we have my girl, Nia Perry, the founder and CEO of Gradient Global Collective. I would love for us to open up with you telling us about the company. Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly, for having me. We are donning both red lips, so, you know, it's a good Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, Gradient Global Collective is a new media platform that spotlights and really elevates the global community of Black women entrepreneurs. Um, I started in 2016, really as sort of a pivot from my traditional marketing career, traditional digital marketing career. And I wanted to do something that was unique and special, specific to Black women entrepreneurs. And really developing the, the brand and the company was sort of twofold. One was seeing the growth of um, Black women entrepreneurship in America, Um, knowing that we were the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in this country. Receipts tell a different story. That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) But um, the growth, you know, was there and it was undeniable, right? Um, So I saw those data points. And then I also, just having sort of an internal motivation to doing something different, something that really spoke to my community, inspired me every day because, you know, for so many years, you know, you kind of go through the race of really building other brands and helping other people because my background is in marketing. We can speak a little bit more about that. But I wanted to do something that meant something to me and meant something to my community. So in 2000, late 2016, I launched the brand Grady Global Collective and really didn't have the, it's, it's interesting because in the beginning, the business model was really specific to, it wasn't directly to the entrepreneur, which in retrospect Mm -hmm. was a mistake that I made, right? I was really targeting companies that saw the value in Black women as it relates to the uh, dollar that we spend, that also saw the growth in entrepreneurship in this demographic, specific demographic, and got it, right? And so there were companies, uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies in the financial services space, um, and really in several different verticals that were investing already in Black women entrepreneurship, um, specific to like, um, it was like Boss Network and other groups. So I saw that there were monies being spent in this area. So I really, that was really my market in the beginning. But, you know, Kelly, I'm sure you've worked in, in a different environments when you mm-hmm. are, it's, it's almost like beating down the door to finding a job. It's like, you know, see me, see me, that yes. sort of thing. And at <laughs> some point you become like, okay, what, what's really happening here, right? Right. So that was sort of happening, but really more than anything, what happened was the election of Donald Trump. I'm just going to say it. And in with that came obviously a very sort of anti-multiculturalism movement where those voices that were being elevated under the previous administration, under President Obama, that were sort of in the forefront with leadership roles, even in government alone, right, just in the entity itself, were being elevated and highlighted and being represented all of that went out the window. Yeah. With that came the almost the divestment, divestment, pardon, in multicultural uh, marketing, which is really who I was aligning myself with, the multicultural marketers in those Fortune, com- uh, Fortune 100 companies. So it was really an interesting pivot that I had to make and figuring out, okay, so because the idea was to create new media, media products that would 
target those African-American women because though I knew it was Black women in America that was having the growth, I sort of instinctively knew that that situativeness, that drive, that make it happen attitude that Black women in America have was happening around the world. And so before I got a dollar from any other sponsorship, I invested heavily in the brand. I invested in research. I went, I went even if not even just money, just time resources and mm-hmm. um, finding these women that were doing these incredible things around the world and bringing their voices to one platform, right? So we hadn't seen anything like that specifically. Of course, I was inspired by you know, or a grave senior of Black Enterprise and just, you know, the the few and far between media platforms that we did have. And that was certainly an inspiration for me in many ways. But I knew that I had something different as it related to this sort of global movement. And that that was really something I wanted to leverage, although the Black women in America was really who I knew was watching the content, reading the content. But I knew it was bigger than that. So there were a few sort of perfect storm things happening at the Mm -hmm. same time with the brand um, as it happens in entrepreneurship. And, you know, I was able to bring in some contributors. I was able to produce a capsule podcast collection where I spoke to women from all around the world. So I think that that was something that I really knew was perfect storm happening at the same time. And I realized, okay, so I created this podcast that really featured these amazing entrepreneurs from Haiti, from Nigeria right here in America, who were doing incredible things and had created businesses that were, you know, um, investing in their communities, that were bringing um, families along, um, growing wealth for individuals. I think of Mirtha Vilbon, who was a woman that I spoke to uh, in Haiti, incredible woman, incredible entrepreneur, who literally changed the trajectory of the health sort of habits of her community. She was able to figure out a way because Haiti's a very impoverished nation. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that, and what she realized was that, you know, people were literally dying because they were in such um, sort of unhygienic environments um, mm-hmm. where they didn't have access to basic things like toilet paper. So she figured out a way to develop single rolls for less than the price of a banana, right? So what does that do for a community, right? That impacts a family, that impacts, you know, communities at large. And so the work that I uh, was able to do during that time um, of grading, I was super inspired by, was able to bring in some contributing writers who were um, entrepreneurs and kind of add their voices to the platform as well, as well, and really grew into a collective. And so with our online platform, with the podcast, we were able to focus, uh, feature over 80 women, Black women entrepreneurs from around the world in over 50 nations. And that was just you know, looking at the data. And so it was really inspiring for me. I was so grateful to be able to make that impact. I had no idea that it was going to go that route, but it did. And I'm so thankful. But again, when you're looking for sort of that external see me mm-hmm. layered with, you know, those monies that were just no longer there. I mean, there were whole departments, multicultural departments that were dissolved in some of these large yeah. organizations. It just no longer was interesting or no longer a Um, was necessary, right? So now here, fast forward, you know, a few years with the, you know, murder of George Floyd, and a lot of companies are having to reckon, uh, reckon for that and reconcile for that. And so we're seeing some of that change. And with that change for me personally came realizing that, okay, instead of asking for that, you know, that, that sponsorship, that, you know, partnership to develop this content on the, you know, organizations behalf of that, that really spoke to these entrepreneurs, I really decided and realized that I was making all the mistakes, like sort of rookie mistakes. 
should have focused on the entrepreneur herself, community, and then from there, all else will follow. So I'm sort of pivoting in the brand, which is really exciting for me, um, drawing on my over 20 years experience in marketing. <laughs> I was five, honey, I started. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, but really, truly, I, I did start in high school. I kind of share that story because, you know, unlike my son, who was 15, um, I started at 16, <laughs> working and really sewing into my career with internships in the fashion industry. I'm from New York City. And so having that sort of drive early on in my career and being exposed to so many things kind of kind of helped me in the field of marketing specifically. I learned what marketing was in high school. Um, I was really ingrained in that and really wanted to understand what that meant. And just having that knowledge at, a, at that early age was enough for me to feel inspired. That lull, there, there came a lull in my career where I was just like, I just wasn't inspired anymore. That's why Gradient started, inspired by marketing specifically. That's why Gradient started. It was, it was a pivot, put on a production producer hat. I put on a sort of a researcher hat in a different way, um, a different from market research per se. But that was sort of what inspired the brand. And so again, kind of fast forwarding now with the reckoning of all these corporations, I realized that that was the mistake, but that I really wanted to focus on that entrepreneur, right? So instead of just giving someone the visibility on a platform, on a media platform and getting them maybe on sort of these large scale other media platforms or even my, you know, sort of startup platform, if you will, because I feel still feel like I'm in a startup stage with the brands. I really wanted to bring all of that marketing experience that I've acquired over the year in corporate America, doing it in in an entrepreneurial respect to those individual um, entrepreneurs, specifically early stage Black women entrepreneurs who are literally just putting pen to paper on their dream Mm -hmm. less than a year in, right? Because there's so many sort of mistakes that I can help mitigate um, very early on because I'm finding that, you know, as you know, Kelly, you know, honey, we, black women, we like to look the part, honey. We want to look good. <laughs> but what does that mean? That often means that we are, especially as entrepreneurs, that we're investing in things that don't make sense. We're investing Correct. in things that do not yield return, right? So we want to have the photo shoot, but there are no revenues coming into your business. We want to have this, you know, flash and bang website that looks amazing, but it's not even effective. And it's not really, you know, actually, you know, you're driving. Not, business. Yeah. You're not getting any traffic. You're not, you know, building your email list. There's no real use for it. It's just pretty and it looks good. But these are rookie mistakes. These are things that we, you just don't, if you don't know, you just don't know. And so I really wanted to scale back. And, um, you know, some people are, are specialists in very sort of specific areas. Um, I really am sort of a generalist, which is not always valued by, you know, large companies or of this such. But for me, I knew that because I've had a lot of sort of wide experience that I knew that I could bring that to an entrepreneur that just doesn't have any understanding of really how to get in front of an audience. So that's what I'm doing now. And, you know, working with these early stage, as I mentioned, black women to really help them develop their brand and market their business. So let's talk about that. So if you're focusing with early stage, most anyone in the field of marketing, we've all had the experience, whether we're in-house or whether we're being sourced out as an external agency, there seems to be, you're kind of the first one on the chopping block should budgets get cut. Especially right now, I know of colleagues who have told me their entire marketing departments have been eliminated during COVID. So how do you then... How do you find the sweet spot to be able to 
focus your targets on startup entrepreneurs with a service that a lot of people sometimes don't see it as the most or one of the most important things they should be doing? There are a few things here. So for me, one, I understand this particular group of entrepreneurs because I've been her, right? I've made those rookie mistakes. Even as a marketer, I overinvested in areas that I should not have. Really, the reason why I did that with Gradient, and I mean, we were talking, you know, a nice, healthy amount of money, which a very um, seasoned entrepreneur and mentor of mine <laughs> told me, you know, kind of chalk it up to like a, an education, like chalk it up to, yeah. you know, like a year of college, of Harvard, you know, whatever school did it, you know, that's what you, you kind of got to learn along the way, right? But I, I knew for, for me specifically, teaching that group of women um, is important to me because I care enough mm-hmm. to want to serve them. What I'm offering is um, not so much service-based, but it's going to be um, via a course. So I'm doing live coaching where I'm going to be able to bring a group of women in Instead of you, and I have a, a student that's going to be in my course coming up, she's <laughs> invested 300 bucks, over $300 in a logo. Why? That's not a good use of your funds as an entrepreneur, as a startup entrepreneur. Because they're limited. The funds are yeah, limited. What, what's the point of that? You always can grow. You can always pivot. All the big companies do it. Internet Explorer, that little E has changed how many times? Um, <laughs> you know, I saw something about Doritos. Doritos started with one, one, one logo and has evolved how many times over the years since we were growing up, you know? So I think it's, it's a mindset that I really want to help first adjust and saying you don't have to spend money that doesn't make sense, right? Because I've been there. I've made those mistakes. But also, um, I know what you need, even if you don't know what you need. So the, the convert, it's a matter of conversation and saying, you certainly need to invest in marketing. It is a business function. It will bring you revenue. It will bring you sales if done right, right? But you don't have to spend a lot of money early on to be able to yield the money um, that you want as, as revenue. So that's the priority for me. And I know that I have sort of base level things that are affordable resources that people can invest very little in some areas you're just going to have to make some investment in, but let me invest in me. And then I'll show you cost-effective ways to go about doing what you need to do. And I'll show you the things that you don't even realize you need to do, like building an email list. And then I want to circle back to, you mentioned the perfect storm. And I, I've definitely, as a black female entrepreneur can definitely attest to seeing a perfect storm of opposition and opportunity in the last few months. Mm -hmm. You have on one end of the spectrum, you have people digging their heels into their beliefs or ideals, and that creates a bit of a divide um, racially. And then on the other end, you have corporations from the very top saying, hey, we see you. We are going to, which to me is a little unprecedented, except When Nike did the ad with Colin Kaepernick two years ago and everybody's complaint was, stay out of it. Corporations aren't supposed to do this. They're not supposed to get involved in this. I knew there was a pivot then. Nike doesn't, Nike's not going to go out on that limb, just kind of fly by the seat of their pants. So I knew then a shift was coming. And as Mm -hmm. tensions kept growing and now we kind of hit this perfect storm back in May, big companies reacted quickly. They didn't care who said they weren't spending money with them anymore. They didn't care who put out, you know, horrible things on social media about them. They kind of just dug in. What do you think the future looks like going forward? Do you think that this 
sudden surge of attention on us specifically. A lot of Black female, there's a lot of grants going on right now, a lot of help being offered. Do you think that this is a marketing ploy in and of itself, or do you think this is just how it's going to be? Oh, certainly. There's certainly some sort of invested interest in, you know, companies looking the part and wanting to make sure that they are um, sort of not tone deaf in a time right. when, you know, a lot of companies are, are still tone deaf. There are yes. people who are still not even speaking on it because it's too risky or not even about the risk. They just don't care or don't believe enough. Right. But I think that, you know, black people specifically and allies who actually align, who care, you're going to see that we just are not allowing it being ignored anymore. Like you cannot put that genie back in the bottle. It's too late. Um, we've already, we've had it up to here. I know personally, I am someone that, you know, having been in corporate America and work with different sort of entities and having to be stifled, I just don't want to do that anymore. And I'm not going to do it anymore because why? I have a voice. I'm certainly always going to be professional. I'm always going to be polished as best I can, but I'm also never going to not speak on things that are not important to me because I have a right to, number one. One's going to allow you to speak on things that you're not comfortable <laughs> with. Okay? And then number two, we have a responsibility to do that. We have a responsibility to say, that's not okay. I mean, let the chips fall where they, where they may, Kelly. And I've experienced, you know, backlash as a result of that. But as I've become older. <laughs> um, <laughs> big, big two five. <laughs> I mean, 25 is a big deal, honey. I realized that I'm no longer going to do that. And now that just comes with courage. As you get sure. older, you get a little bit more courage. And I'm going to hold companies accountable. Um, and that might look different in different ways. Maybe you don't invest in them. Maybe you don't buy their products. Maybe you actually send a letter. Maybe you send an email. Maybe you speak up in a meeting. Maybe you speak up in a client you know, inter- uh, interaction. And, it, and it's going to take all of us to make that happen. The other thing that I've seen that's that's been really, really interesting, the combination of what we're talking about as well as possible layoffs or just not feeling comfortable leaving the house to go back to your job, there's been a surge in entrepreneurship. And I've seen particularly the Black community really band together. And they are, their calls for the replacement of all sorts of products from big ticket items to small ticket items of them wanting to, number one, support you as an entrepreneur, a Black entrepreneur, and number two, I was going to say support you as a black entrepreneur, but also give back to the community and just kind of keep that loop going. And I, I've, I find it so exciting that at the base of all of this is social. It's digital. We are, we are making these connections and we're building and we're growing and we're promoting. We're launching businesses from our homes, like literally now. And I think it's, remember a time where people were like, we don't need to be on social media. And then like the world shuts down and everybody's like, oh, wait. We can't do anything in person. Like now we have to like figure out how to do a Zoom call or how to do a presentation. So when you said the perfect storm, I just feel like it was, it made complete and total sense of where I feel we are, not only as a community, but just as professionals in this industry. Like we, we're the plug right now. Like you, you should have your marketing ducks in a row for digital. And there's no getting around it, right? No. And, and actually, it's cost effective. Like, you don't yes. have to, you know, you may not have the money to do, like, real lead gen and, like, really, you know, 
put money into like ads and that sort of thing. But social media is still powerful and it's still free at this point. So leverage it. And I'm not naive or, or unaware, unassuming to, I mean, unaware of the, the woes that people are experiencing, right? And, and layoffs and that sort of thing. But there is no time like the present to start something now. Yeah. Like, what are we waiting for, right? If you're fortunate to have an opportunity to still be working, which a lot of people don't, make, take some of that and invest in you. Because we are, as you can see in this work in the workplace environment, we can be expendable. It's not always a good thing, but like you said, marketing, whole marketing teams are gone. Just right? being let go. Yeah. Just let go. And that's in, in, you know, and it's not like marketing isn't an essential part of your business strategy. How are you letting go of the marketing team when you need to market to stay <laughs> engaged? I mean, but I'm I maybe partial because I am a marketer. So I may be looking at things a little bit differently. I think it, it's, it's a strange mentality and it doesn't really make sense. How do you get your brand in front of people? No one can do business with you if they don't know about you. So how is that happening? It doesn't mean it's the only important thing in a business, but it is still important. And right now, literally, if you are not on a social platform, you're nowhere. And I mean, this is just like the reality of today. Whole conferences have just been canceled. Some people are attempting to do the virtual conference. I've not witnessed that. I don't know how it works, Mm -hmm. but you know. I think it becomes overwhelmed too. So there's, it's a tricky thing because, you know, you already spend enough all day really on, on Zoom and these sort Mm -hmm. of platforms. And then, you know, you're having to turn around and be on a conference that maybe a two or three day conference. I know um, a a friend and colleague was just on, um, she's with the National Association of Black Journalists and, and ABJ. And they just had a visual, I mean, a virtual, you know, sort of conference. And you make, you kind of have to make do, especially when people are highly and heavily invested in, you know, attending your event. But some things are just going to have to, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's a tough time. Like trying to, trying to pick the nice words. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, because you, business still has to go on, right? Things it does. Still have to um, continue. And so you know, you certainly don't want to not host, you know, maybe a, a pillar event or um, sort of a signature event. But you also, I think there has to be an amends. Like, you know, you have to be mindful of, of pivoting what that looks like. Even watching the uh, Democratic National Convention, they have the resources to quickly, you know, kind of have, you know, different settings and different people to keep the eye engaged. What happens when you're on an online event? Um, and things are not moving as quickly. You're not interacting. You're not networking as well as you maybe at one point were doing. So it's a tough thing. And but I'm not. I'm not someone that's going to say don't do it because you still have to keep that visibility. You know, you still have to sort Absolutely. of be relevant. So we just kind of have to make it happen. But for the women that I'm serving at this point, they better not be trying to launch any type of online event. <laughs> It's not important. Getting press at this point is not important. What's important? Making money, being revenue, you know, in the, in the yeah. black, you know, like let's make money. Like that's not, like, that's the focus. And so uh, I really want to keep the message and keep the activities that I'm going to be doing in my life coaching to those specific things. And I do, I'm doing all of this as a way to sort of dovetail back into gradient. When I'm, so I'm sort of in a place of reimagining what that brand is, and it's exciting. But I realized that I want to serve that entrepreneur first. So let me bring, as I mentioned, my experience 
to them and then sort of maybe translate that into grading in some way. So I'm kind of thinking through, but I know that now is the time to do what I'm doing right now. It feels right. And I know that it is right. So it's perfect for me. Yeah. I think it's been a reflective time for a lot of people. Um, I don't know if it's the literal slowdown we all had to do at least at some point earlier this year that's made people just reflect, what am I doing? Um, If I am an entrepreneur, does this business business make sense? If I'm not an entrepreneur and I'm laid off or I'm furloughed or my hours have been cut, how am I going to eat? I think, you know, I don't, I think some people are anti the entrepreneurship thing. And I understand it's not a lifestyle for everybody, but in times like this, you have to figure something out. I mean, maybe it's not the dream business you had hoped for, but maybe you throw up a Shopify store and sell some things or like something because, you know, you you have to do something. You know, I, I know someone that is so just, I mean, she's always been super talented. She's fortunate in that she's working still. But, you know, as I've been sort of reaching out to my network and sort of sharing what I've been doing with people, she reached out to me immediately. So I'm definitely interested in that kind of thing. So as we are starting in, in our conversation and really kind of doing a deep dive in the questions that I had of her, I said, well, why, you know, why is it now? She said, your, your email and your communication with me is why it's now. She said, I've been sitting on this idea for eight years. I've been mm-hmm. sitting on these talents and these skills for eight years, but you sort of were a catalyst to bring forth this thing now. So, I mean, stuff like that, you know, I know that my messaging and what I want to convey to these women is that you can do it now. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. And it shouldn't cost you a lot of money to get live. You can get a free logo. Yeah. You might to not start. love it. Yeah. To start. And that's the point. To you have start. to start somewhere. You know, everything is not going to be slick and beautiful. Sometimes you have to grow, you know, incrementally. And that's really the best way to go. You might scale very quickly where you're able to bring in a branding team at some point. But these early stage entrepreneurs, because the income for it, early stage, you know, it's not very high necessarily. We want to be strategic. We want to be smart about how we're spending on marketing because you really do need to market your business. There's no getting away, getting away around it. It's a good time. I know it's a very stressful time. It's an overwhelming time, you know, per the knocks and the dings and the baby (laughs) voices in the back, all of that. And I'm not immune to that, right? I'm not immune to difficulty during this time with just stress and overwhelm because I'm human and I have a family. We've all experienced some level of that. We all know someone who has gotten COVID or passed from COVID mm-hmm. or, you know, you hear these stories. And so no one is immune to that. And so I understand the emotional toll that is being happening right now, but what better time than now to do something that makes you feel good, that you know is the right thing to do. And that helps your family at the end of the day. So it's not just about being slick and cool because I want to be a cool entrepreneur. It's about livelihood. Survival. Uh, yeah. Survival. Thousand about percent. And it's okay to humble yourself and saying, listen, I need to go get a job. My dad be the best job, but you can go get a job, but use some of that to invest in something for yourself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer to your family. You're going to have to answer to your bill collectors, whatever that may be for you. So it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, And I specifically want to help Black women because we have all the skills, the talent, the ability to make it happen because we've been doing it for so long for so many. Well, that was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful interview with Miss. Thank you, my dear. Kelly Kelly. So nice she had to be named twice. I know. (laughs) 
Well, we appreciate you. How can someone get in touch with you if they're interested in the coaching or learning more about your company or you? What's the best way to contact you? Uh, sure. So right now I'm taking sort of 15 minute sort of discovery calls. Um, so if you are a black woman entrepreneur or you're just like I said, just putting your pen to paper, which is so exciting for me because it's kind of very early stage and imagining and you got all the fear. But for me, that makes me feel good because you're in good hands. And then also, or if you're less than a year in, you know, you haven't been marketing your business. You don't really even know where to start. You think you, it's everyone is your market. Everyone is not your market. Go to bit.ly. Don't overspend on marketing. And that's all lowercase. Don't overspend on marketing. And you can book a 15 minute call with me or you can connect with me directly on my um, Instagram. It's probably a good way to do it as well. My personal Instagram at CEO underscore Nia Perry at CEO underscore Nia Perry. And if you want to keep up with what Gradient Global is doing, you can follow us on IG as well at Gradient Global. Thank you so much, Nia. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's show, please share, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Digital Dive Media Podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode.